It's showtime. Don't say it, please. Don't say it. No, I have to say it, Mitch. Showtime. Showtime. It's showtime, everybody. Showtime. Welcome back to the Showtime Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Show. Thank you for being alongside me as always. And thank you for being here for some more Kenobi reaction pods. Uh, pretty fun to do these. Uh, again, I just, I love Star Wars. Any any excuse I get to talk about Star Wars, I think has been, um, is going to be a welcome one for me. So again, thanks for being alongside me for this little experiment. I don't know if we're going to do it for like all the Star Wars podcasts. Are we really going to do it for Andor or I don't know, whatever else is going to come out in the next little while? Maybe, maybe we'll talk about them at the conclusion of all of them, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I don't think we're going to do it for Andor. Kenobi is just special because, you know, Ewan McGregor and Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, such an important character. Cassian Andor is like kind of an interesting character, I guess, sort of, kind of, maybe, depending on, on if you, what side of the bed you woke up on, <laughs> you know. But generally speaking, I think uh, this kind of merited more of a reaction podcast than the Andor thing. So, But, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll get to it eventually. Uh, but again, part four of the Kenobi episode, which means there are only two more episodes, really. Two more uh, parts, as they've been calling them. And uh, again, I know the reaction. Actually, you know what? I, maybe I should rephrase and say, I was shocked to find out the reaction, generally speaking, to Kenobi in general. has been, like, negative, I guess. Kind of negative. I, I guess I can kind of see it. Like, some of the action stuff is pretty silly. But generally speaking... I've liked watching Kenobi. I think it's been fun. Like, I think it's, I feel like it's a worthwhile endeavor, even if it's not perfect. And I've, and again, I know the Star Wars fans, I mean, I know we like to joke and say no one hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. And you, I mean, look, you can probably take that uh, franchise out of there and put basically any other franchise in there, right? I mean, like, no one hates Harry Potter more than Harry Potter fans. No one hates James Bond more than whatever, right? You could probably do that for basically anything you you put your mind to really but uh I don't know when it comes to when it comes to Star Wars the the fandom is so big you're probably never going to please everyone dare I say I mean there are still some people out there who say that like Re- Revenge of the Revenge of the Sith is the best Star Wars movie and I mean those people are just objectively wrong right if you're one of those people <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm kidding. There's nothing, no such thing as objectivity when it comes to liking or disliking literally anything. You want to say the Revenge of the Sith or, or Attack of the Clones are the best Star Wars movies? More power to you. I don't agree with you, but you know what? You can say whatever it is that you want. As long as it's not hateful, as long as it's not like an assholey, hatefully type thing. Hey, you know what? You can pick whatever movie you want. You want to say Solo is your favorite movie? You want to say the oh, Yawn Fest that is Rogue One? <laughs> you want to say that's your favorite Star Wars movie? Hey, go go for it, right? You know, and, and here's the thing. To those people who say that the end of Rogue One with Darth Vader is worth the entire movie, I almost, I almost agree with you. Almost, you know, I just, I do think generally speaking that it was a really cool scene. And I think people want to see more of that kind of stuff, especially from Darth Vader, like Hayden Christensen said the other day, it was like, yes, I would like to sign on to play Darth Vader in a, in, in a Disney plus TV show to which I could probably be translated to saying, yes, I would like to be paid a bag full of money, a truck full of money to play the most famous film character in the history of movies. Yeah, like, yeah, who wouldn't, right, Hayden? <laughs> you know, my my fellow Canadian, my fellow Scarberian, dare I say. But uh, no, I think um, 
to those who say Rogue One was worth it because of the Vader thing at the end, yeah, I guess. But uh, does that discount the rest of the two and a half hours that were like kind of yawn, a yawn fest? Eh, eh. I say no. Personally, I say no. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Let's get into the uh, review, the uh, reaction to part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. So this episode of Kenobi, I think might have been the shortest one. I didn't actually go back and check, but... I feel like it was listed at less than 40 minutes or maybe just around 40 minutes. And that includes the recap and it includes the credits, which I remember that was an issue for some of the Marvel shows. I remember when I guess it was WandaVision, which was the very first kind of big foray into these kind of like chopped up movies as TV show type things that Disney Plus is doing. And I remember some people kind of had the criticism that like (laughs) even without any after credit scenes, it was uh, it was it was kind of kind of. It wasn't very long, right? It just it kind of felt like you were getting shortchanged a little bit. I can't help but feel that way for this episode of Kenobi because it was very short. I mean, it was just incredibly short, and it just, ultimately speaking, not a lot of stuff happened. And the few things that did happen were, I admit, kind of goofy. Like, I do like Kenobi. I do think it's a worthwhile enterprise. I'm glad we got... I'm glad it's been made because I'm glad we were kind of getting to see... Ewan McGregor bridge his own performance in the prequel trilogy to Alec Guinness's performance in this in the original trilogy, right? And I think that's really cool. And even if like the dumb, some other dumb things happen, I'm willing to overlook a lot of it because Ewan McGregor, I just generally speaking, I think he's talented. I like him. He was one of the best things about the prequel trilogy, one of the only good things, frankly, about the prequel trilogy in the first place. And here we are getting to see him expand on his work and getting to do a little more with the acting chops, right? I think we all kind of knew, even dating back to like train spotting, however many years ago that was now, that Ewan McGregor is a talented actor. And he just, I don't, he was never really asked to do a lot of heavy lifting acting wise in any of the Star Wars movies. And I know a lot of the criticism around George Lucas as a director is that he's not really like an actor's director. It's like, yeah, you've heard of the stories about how, you know, he, he doesn't really act, ask you to do a scene or a take in a different way. It's kind of like, all right, he did it. Let's do it one more time the exact same way and wrap. We're done. That's a, that end scene, right? And uh, again, look, that's there are a lot of things that plague the prequels, that just being one of them. But my point really being that we're finally getting to see Ewan McGregor do some interesting things. Um, I think the the biggest criticism I've seen levied at Kenobi, and I do think it's a valid one, is the action scenes all seem kind of stilted, right? And again, I, I think actually they're, generally speaking, fine. Are they terrific? Probably not. Are they better than passable? I think yes. And generally speaking, like again, look, like let's let, let's take this last episode. There's that scene in the hallway in the Inquisitor Fortress. They had a weird name for it. it was, you know, it's like some Latin name. I, I don't remember what it was. I'll be completely honest. But the hallway scene and the blaster bolt hits the window, the transparent steel, plexiglass, <laughs> whatever the Star Warsified name is. I remember transparent steel was what they was what they used to um it was what they used to cover like it was the it was the it's the viewport material on like ships on capital ships so, so whenever you see like a scene where they're on the bridge of a star destroyer and you see them looking out like forebodingly into space they're looking through a transparent steel viewport i seem to recall that being a huge part of the expanded universe i actually don't remember if transparent steel has made it into any of the new Star Wars books. And I've read quite a few of them. I just I don't know if that was like an I don't know if that was like a Timothy Zahn thing or 
you know, Michael A. Stackpole or some of those other guys. But uh, anyways, I just, I digress. I don't know if that is what it was in uh, the Inquisitor Fortress, but either way, the blaster bolt hits it, it shatters, Obi-Wan uses the force to hold it in. And he has a point where he's like deflecting the blaster bolts back towards the stormtroopers. We're all struggling to get through this door. And he looks at Leia and he goes, hide. And like, she she goes to hide nowhere, I guess. Like, she couldn't... There was nowhere for her to go, so she just kind of presses herself up against the wall. Like, hey, I mean, she's a little kid. Good for, for, good for her for doing that. But it just... Like, that and, like, the, the stormtroopers are like, hey, did you hear that? And then, they, like, Obi-Wan clearly in their line of sight jumps into, like, the scaffolding area or whatever it is, like, behind, out of their line of sight. I don't know. Like, I get the complaints about those scenes because it does seem kind of goofy. Oh, you know what? The none goofier, perhaps, than when Obi-Wan literally puts on a trench coat and hides in a a goofy-looking imperial hat and just walks across a crowded hangar bay and they don't notice him until they're like like three quarters of the way to the end. I mean, I maybe I, I guess at the the reveal at the end that Reva put the tra- the tracking thingy in the droid. I guess the reveal is that she intentionally let them get away. So maybe that was a part of it. I guess, but just from a general perspective of how did any of the not any of the stormtroopers just not immediately look at him being like, hey. What the F is going on here? Well, like, come on. Like, these guys are so suspicious of, like, at the best of times, and they didn't do it. I don't know. That, that I get, I admittedly was kind of, I, I admittedly laughed out loud when that happened, but it's not like it, I just, I can't get behind the people who say they see that, and then they're like, oh, it ruins the show for me. It takes me out of the immersion. There's so much goofy crap that happens in Star Wars on a regular basis. Like, this is a franchise where more of the movies are probably mediocre to bad than actually good, right? And I, I don't know. I just, I can't 100% get behind that being the straw that breaks the camel's back, right? Like, there are, we have seen way worse things, and I'm sure we will continue to see ways, way worse things over the course of uh, just the Star Wars franchise existing, which will probably go on forever, essentially, right? So, I don't know. I just, I, I, I can't get behind that being silly. Well, you know what's one thing that is, just in a general sense, I do think is silly? So, remember that this timeline of, of this TV show takes place 10 years after the events of Revenge of the Sith, and uh, which means it takes place about approximately five years after the events of Jedi Fallen Order, which is the video game. And, you know, I thought it was a fine video game. People are like, it's the best Star Wars game ever. Uh, hello, Knights of the Old Republic is definitively the best Star Wars game. Like, uh, and, and maybe the next one is like TIE Fighter. And the one after that is um, one of the various Jedi Knight games with Cal Katarn. Like, obviously, those are better games than Jedi Fallen Order, which is a very good game. Best Star Wars game of all time. Give me a break. But anyways, um, they're clearly leading up to I, I would be shocked if we didn't see Cal Kestis referenced at some point in this uh, in this TV show because it's it's right in that same timeline but the other thing is too is that in that video game Cal goes to the Inquisitor Fortress like he goes there himself and he breaks in basically in exactly the same way as I recall like I think he swims up a tube and comes out and like what do <laughs> the inquisitors do in the 5 years since clearly not reinforcing the uh, the windows in the in these underwater corridors when they can be shattered by a single blaster bolt um, because that exact thing happens in at the end of Fallen Order. And uh, also, th- their solution to him breaking into that like open entryway is to, I guess, have one stormtrooper be put on the door. Kind of funny. I got to say, like you, I guess it's like the hubris of the Empire, but it's kind of funny that they weren't like, oh my gosh, a Jedi with a lightsaber broke in here. We got to completely upgrade 
the defenses to like the the crazy, like you know, the most secret inquisitorious fortresses us place in the, in the entire galaxy, and they just didn't do that. And then Obi Wan Kenobi, the most famous living Jedi alive, just comes in and um and does it things exactly the same way. So I thought that was kind of funny. Also, Tala beating up that Imperial officer like five feet from everyone else, and then talking like, "Hey, Obi Wan." are you there? Like to her microphone. Also pretty funny. I get that there are some things that just kind of have to happen because it's a TV show, but I don't know. Again, like there, there are such minor quibbles for getting just more content of Obi-Wan is that I just, I can't get behind this people being like, it's the worst TV show you've ever seen. And uh, again, there's still two more episodes. So there's still some time left for it to get better. Certainly. Cause I would like it to see, I would like to see it be better, but at the same time, that doesn't mean it's bad, right? It doesn't mean it's it's bad whatsoever. It's also better than the book of Boba Fett, and I generally speaking like that too. That was a little disappointing, all things considered, but I, again, I don't think it was a bad TV show. I just think that people's expectations for things, and again, this goes back to something we talked about on the very first episode of this podcast years ago, the idea of expectations versus reality. There was an expectation that what we would get would be an introspective look at Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi, where he meditates and you see Liam Neeson, you see you see Yoda, voiced by Frank Oz, and you get all these cameo appearances. We get Clone War live action shots with Hayden Christensen, and I've said on these reaction podcasts, that's something I wanted too, but there was no guarantee that was going to happen, right? It's, it's just like the WandaVision thing all over again. People are like, oh, who is the actor going to be at the end of the show? It's going to be it's going to be like Ian McKellen or it's going to be Michael Fassbender cameoing as Magneto. We're going to get the big crossover for mutants into the MCU, blah, blah, blah. And of course that didn't happen because the stakes were like way too low in a Disney Plus TV show where they know people are going to see the movies over these TV shows. Similarly, they can't have too many things, cra- like too many crazy things happening in these shows and again people will point to mandalorian luke skywalker showing up in mandalorian sure okay i get it i do get it they're not afraid to take these swings but i mean look there's still two more episodes there's still time for something crazy to happen and if even if nothing crazy happens you still got a performance from ewan mcgregor which i think is really what this was a vehicle for anyways right so that's kind of where I land on on this episode of Kenobi. Kind of admits the general complaints, but again, I think it's been fine. There are some goofy things for sure, but ultimately speaking, I'm still going to watch, and you know what? So are you. That does it for this episode of the Showtime Movie Podcast, the latest Kenobi reaction pod. Thanks for bearing with me a days after it's... Uh, after it's been released, but uh, again, yeah, Kenobi Part 4 is now out on Disney+, Plus, and uh, Parts 5 and 6 come out in the next couple of weeks. Um, I am looking forward to more Star Wars content. I guess they announced that, like, Skeleton Crew show, um, which I guess is an animated show on uh, during the during the convention a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're still not getting Ahsoka or Mando Season 3 until 2023, which means all that's left Star Wars-wise this year. I mean, it's June 2022 right now. All that's coming out this year is the Cassian Andor show, right? Which I guess, eh, I guess it's really fine, I suppose. But I don't know, kind of like in the same vein as Solo. Who really asked for that, right? Like, who really cares, I guess, is my is my opinion. I'm still going to watch it. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I mean, I spent all these reaction pods talking about how big of a Star Wars fan I am. I'm going to watch it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I absolutely will watch, and I will probably have, love every second of it as a completely biased nerd, but at the same time, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure what the point of it is because it's a prequel to rogue one where they steal the death star plans itself, which is a prequel to a new hope because it literally gets like 
nestled up right to the beginning of Star Wars, i.e. A New Hope, which it was later renamed. And so if that's the case, like, what's really the point of seeing the Rebellion created, I guess? Like, I, I just can't really, I can't really quite put my finger on who this is for because we all kind of know, you know what I mean? Like, I guess we're going to see more of Jimmy Smith at some point and we're going to see, um, we're still going to see Mon Mothma who she was at the convention. So we're seeing the same woman who I guess portrayed her back in revenge of the Sith and so on. But I don't know. It just, I guess, right. Like, I guess it's a story worth telling, but you're telling me they couldn't just tell a different story, right? Like they couldn't tell a story set in the high Republic era or they couldn't tell a story set after the Mandalorian or before the Mandalorian even, right? I don't know. I know I know the books and comics and video games all kind of factor into these kind of shared universes, but uh, I don't know. Just who cares? But anyways, Andor is something I will watch, and any updates on that, we'll, uh, we'll give you an update on that here on the podcast as well. But again, thank you for listening to this uh, latest episode of the Showtime Movie Podcast. The Kenobi Reaction Part 4, Part 5 comes out next week. Thanks for listening again, and until next time, may the Force be with you always. Anakin, may the Force be with you. May the Force be with you, Master.